Welcome to the Canaan Bound Podcast, episode number 62. My name is Philip Wells, and it is my privilege to be your host for this episode. Today we begin with Freedom in Christ, with Pastor Mark Falk. Galatians 4, verses 12 to 16. Where's the joy? I plead with you, brothers, become like me, for I became like you. You have done me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. What has happened to all your joy? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become an enemy by telling you the truth? Can you sense the emotion? Paul pleads with the Galatians. He loves these people, these fellow believers. Apostles then and pastors today, those who take the salvation and eternal destiny of their listeners seriously, are emotionally involved. And why shouldn't they be? Do we want them to be coldly professional? Consider this question. What kind of doctor do you want? I want a doctor who cares. When a tumor developed in my wife's neck years ago, I was encouraged by a doctor who told me this, We aren't going to let what happened to my wife happen to yours. His wife had been misdiagnosed by a doctor who did not take a lump very seriously. He was not very zealous. He was professional. But that was not going to happen to my wife, and it didn't. The very next day, she was tacked onto the schedule at the hospital for an ultrasound. I wanted that kind of doctor. This man was widely reputed to have a very poor bedside manner, and we did not care. Paul was like that. Was his always a winning personality? Would he have made it as a TV preacher today? There are hints in the New Testament that he was not personally dynamic or attractive or something. There's some mystery here. Bible students argue about what Paul's malady may have been. But did Paul care? Was he zealous for the salvation of the Galatians? Indeed. And he was so zealous for the salvation of his own fellow Jews that he declared his willingness to forfeit his own place in heaven if only the people of his race might be saved. As you read these verses, let the emotion of Paul touch you. He is concerned that those who in the beginning had only one hope that Jesus had lived and died and risen to redeem them from sin, death, and the power of the devil, were now abandoning the joy with which they had received that good news. Where is the joy you once had? You would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Pastors today still feel every loss, still mourn over every soul who turns away from the truth once received with great joy. And isn't that the kind of pastor you want? One like Paul. One who has such a heart for those who are in danger of going to hell that his heart cannot bear the thought. Paul speaks of bearing the burden of the churches he founded, or rather that the Holy Spirit had founded through him as an agent. It was a heavy burden. It is still a heavy burden for those who preach the word. It's a burden that needs your prayers so that our pastors retain the zeal of Paul. 
Paul wanted nothing more than that those in Galatia, who had begun so well in their faith in Christ, would finish with nothing less or more than trusting in what Christ and Christ alone had done for them. Where's the joy? Hopefully it lives in your heart as you remember that the work of your salvation is finished and done. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. In the midst of all that saddens us, not the least of which is our own daily falling short, the joy that Paul proclaimed in Christ is still the only joy that lasts. And now, we listen to Go to Dark Gethsemane by Koine from their album Footsteps to the Cross. Go to dark Gethsemane All who feel the tempter's power Your Redeemer's conflict see Watch with him one bitter hour Turn not from his griefs away Learn of Jesus Christ to pray Follow to the judgment hall View the Lord of life arraigned Oh, the wormwood and the gold Oh, the pangs his soul sustained Shun not suffering, pain, or loss. Learn of Him to bear the cross. And now, we join Pastor Timothy Smith with God's Word for You. God's Word for You, Job 19.25 I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end He will stand upon the earth. Job is looking for his Redeemer, his Goel. A Goel is a kinsman Redeemer, like Boaz was for Ruth in Ruth 
103, verse 2, and 3, verse 12, the kinsman redeemer was a close blood relative who had certain duties. He had at least four responsibilities. Uh, First, Leviticus 25 says that he had to redeem the land of his family. The same chapter tells us that he would redeem his family from slavery. Numbers 35 tells us that he would avenge the murder of a relative. And Deuteronomy 25 says that he would continue a family line. A redeemer was a family member, and we shouldn't forget that Jesus Christ is our ultimate relative, our brother in God's family. God calls himself the Goel of mankind in Exodus 6 and in Psalm 19 and in Proverbs 23 and Isaiah 41 through 54. He is the Goel of all spiritual Israel. Christ is our Goel. Some people might want to take Jesus as our redeemer in a figurative sense, but that's not what the Bible says. When Jesus was a newborn baby, a woman named Anna showed that she and many others had been looking for a redeemer in Luke 2. Jesus redeemed all mankind by paying the price for our sins. He bore the curse of those sins proclaimed by God's own law. Christ redeemed us. This is Galatians 3. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. The price Jesus paid was his own life, shedding his own blood. All of this he did willingly for us to redeem us. To redeem means to buy back or reclaim something that has been sold or lost or stolen or indebted. We were lost and enslaved to sin, and Christ brought, bought us from that sinfulness. The debt wasn't owed to the devil, although he would like us to think that someone, anyone, owes him anything. But no one owes him anything at all. Our Redeemer has earned our love and our thanks, and we will give those things to him forever because his redemption means eternal life. For everyone who trusts in him, the promise is nothing short of eternal life. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. And now we take a moment with the Master, with Pastor Aaron Nitz. Hello, welcome to A Moment with the Master. The portion of God's Word that uh, we are going to look at now is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 3 and 4. It reads, Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Not many of us enjoy waiting. We like two-day shipping. We like fast internet. We like speedy service. But we wait for many things in life, don't we? Perhaps we're even waiting for our lives to be better. In this world, we deal with sin and its consequences on a daily basis. We have sicknesses, headaches, pain, sadness, grief, accidents, trouble, you name it. Perhaps waiting with all those things can leave us feeling weak or even afraid. But then God's word comes and here he promises that he will come. Jesus will come and make all things right. How do we know that? Because Jesus did come. At Christmas, it's proven. Jesus came once to deal with the cause of all the world's problems, and that's sin. 
He did so by paying for sin with his life on the cross. And Jesus is also going to come a second time and deal with the results of sin when he returns to take us to a new life, free from sin and free from its awful effects. So as you wait for the Lord's coming, be strong and rejoice. He's coming to save you. I'm waiting for my Savior with confidence, and so are you. May the Lord bless you this day and always. And now we join Koine with Psalm 141 from their DVD, Footsteps to the Cross. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you have granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Father, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be as one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Father, I want those you have given me 
to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. You have been listening to episode 62 of Canaan Bound Podcast. This podcast was first shared in March of 2014. Visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com to learn how you can support the ministry of the Wells and of the artists featured on this show. Once again, my name is Philip Wells.
it was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thanks for listening. Thank you.